I'm Rusty, director of Wolf Roofing. We started as a roofing company 26 years ago, and we're still a roofing company today. What started with the roofing a handful of homes in the summer of 1993 has grown into a company that completes hundreds of projects each year and can handle the biggest roofing projects. Whether you're a homeowner, apartment owner, or manage a townhome association, Wolf Roofing has experience to handle your project. Give us a call at 225-8866, or visit us on the web at wolfroofing.net. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. VSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you up until noon, 20 minutes or so. Our friend Zubin Mahente from ESPN, ESPN Radio, ESPN Sports Center. He will join us as he does every Tuesday. We go around the world of sports with our friend Zubin Mahente. Let's go around the world of sports wagering. Off to Vegas we go. One of the preeminent line makers in the history of sports betting in Vegas is our guest. He's Kenny White, Kenny White Sports. Com, and it's been too long. Kenny, Trent, and Ken, how have you been? Hi, Trent and Ken. Doing doing very well. Uh, enjoying a great year. College football this year was probably one of my best ever. So uh, fantastic coming off that. And, uh, you know, college basketball, NBA right now going on, which is nice in the playoffs. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great time of year. And uh, we got four great teams, really, yeah. uh, with four of the five best quarterbacks in football playing in, in, this weekend, which is outstanding. Absolutely. Ken, I want to ask you about college football since you uh, uh, since you brought it up. I It was my, and still is, um, just belief that, man, we got to get some transparency uh, introduced into this sport. There were so many times that, you know, and I don't know how you were able to handle it in your business, but... I don't necessarily need to know the players got COVID. I just need to know on Wednesday that, you know, he's not going to be able to play on, on Saturday. Uh, what about a, uh, a participation report in the middle of the week? How did you handle all of the, the late, uh, uh roster moves that uh, seemingly crept, uh, cropped up throughout the season? You know, it was, a, it was a challenge for everybody. It, you know, it wasn't just a challenge for the betters. It was a challenge for the bookmakers as well. So, it was just a scramble to, to try to get the fastest information you could. And I was very fortunate. There was only a couple of games this year that uh, I had, had a bet on a team where uh, they were hit by COVID, and I ended up with a bad number and lost the game. But uh, far and few in between for me. Um, I know that uh, a couple of friends of mine that I talked to that are handicappers, but it seemed like every single week they were on a team that was, was hit with COVID. So it was good. And, uh, you know, just the information exchange, you know, helped out in that. And, you know, I'm a player power rating yep. guy. so. Yep. I've got that power rating on every player, and when I find out a guy's out, I make that adjustment. So, uh, you know, right before the game, I kind of knew who was playing, who wasn't playing in certain situations, and that, that helped with the handicapping as well. So when it comes to basketball, the fluidity here, and just how quickly we can see games taken away, games have been added even more crazy than, than the football side, and then home court advantage, the difference between home field advantage and football home court advantage, and let's just speak strictly at the college ranks. How big of a difference are you seeing here in this COVID era on those two sides? 
Yeah, the the uh, college football home field this year went from about about an average of four points home field to one point this year. And then I could even make a case to say a half a point is what it should have been. Mm. But there were certain situations where, where, you know, the teams with those higher home fields did have still a point and a half, maybe two points, but that was it. College basketball, I've had Duke University, the Cameron Crazies, I've, I've used a plus seven for their home court for 20 years. Wow. Um, but that, that court right now is worth maybe two points, maybe mm. two and a half at the most. So, uh, everyone's been, you know, hurt by that. And it's, it's, it's funny because this year is the biggest difference I've ever seen in, uh, who really wants the game or not. It's, it's, uh, who, who's ready? Who's motivated? The motivation factor is really crept into basketball more than ever. And it, it, it's because there's so many back to backs. So you see the team that wins the game. They're supposed to win. They're a 12 point favorite. They win by 20. The next night they're disinterested. They're playing the same team, and then you, you get a close basketball game. But for me, if I made the game twenty and I laid twelve the night before, and you know we we win the game easy and they adjust the line to thirteen, I feel like I want to play that favorite again because I know they could win by twenty again. But they they don't do it. They just don't do it. So I've you know had to watch myself to stay off those second games of back to back. So that's interesting, Kenny, because I'm assuming in all the you've got another. A box to check when it comes to handicapping is, you know, what schools allow a percentage of fans in the building. We saw that it changed through. I mean, the Big Ten didn't have any fans uh, in football. They don't in basketball. So, do you is that now an, another a box to check? Is is fans in the building? You try and do, yeah. That's it, it, it's. There's so many teams now. Can I? If, if I was able to do that, yeah, it would probably make my ratings a point, point and a half better. I haven't been able to do that though. Uh, too much work. Three hundred. I'm I'm following three hundred and fifty seven teams and and adjusting them to their you know how they're playing and um, I, I've got an automated system but my manual system I, I like to look the box score over myself and I'm just not I'm not looking at attendance because I don't even know if it would be true or not so I, I just decided to say myself I'm not going to play the guessing game I'm not going to try to do all that research it's just too much work for me right now. So um, if I have a problem with a team, um, it's mainly in, in, in player personnel and who's playing and who's not. Let's go back to the last weekend of the divisional round. Um, which, which game surprised you? And then th- the Chiefs and the, and the Browns leading up to it, the number was just fluctuating like crazy, right? Big, big drops. It was, it was 10, then it was 9.5. I think it got down to 7, 7.5 at one point. So what was behind that? Did that surprise you that, that that many points were moving that late in the process? And which game surprised you uh, the most of the four? Yeah, that, that game you're right. And the movement on that game, on that Chiefs game, didn't happen until game day because the Chiefs were, they opened 10, they were bet up to 10 and a half, and then back down to 10, and I believe that was on Monday. So from Monday all the way to Sunday, the number sat 10, never moved. And then all of a sudden on game day, here comes the professionals jumping in on the Browns. And, and you're right, they bet it all the way down to seven and a half, and then there was some finally some buyback, and, and, and the game closed seven and a half. There was a trend out there, number one seeds uh, since 2004 were 11 and 22 with a tie. So just 33% covers by the number one seed since 2004 in this round, the division round. So I'm not sure if that had effect or if it was maybe the Chiefs disinterested in, you know, blowing teams out. I think there were one in seven ATS going into that mm-hmm. Browns game. And Patrick Mahomes hadn't played. He didn't play in week 17. So he was basically off for three weeks. Maybe thought there could be some, uh, 
um, you know, stiffness or not, you know, no, no lack of continuity with his receivers. The other thing was Nick Chubb is having such a good year. People thought the Browns may be able to run the football on the Chiefs because the Chief defense ranked last among those four teams stopping the run coming into that weekend. Still baffled Kareem Hunt wasn't a bigger part of the game plan, but uh, that aside, Kenny, we look forward. So as you're preparing, let's start with the AFC Championship game. We know Mahomes is the biggest storyline. What are you looking for in terms of a medical report? Are you following more beat writers for the Chiefs? What are you doing in preparation knowing, all right, when I get this kind of confirmation, I'm ready to fire then? Well, I made I made two lines on the game, uh, one with Mahomes, one without Mahomes. And uh, with Patrick Mahomes, I made the Chiefs a four-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, a total of 58. And without Patrick Mahomes, I made Buffalo a four-and-a-half-point favorite, Jeez. a total of 49. So I had, had a nine-point nine swing, depending on whether Patrick Mahomes will play or not. So it was wow. fairly easy for me. This line opened pick. Yeah. And went to one, and this is, I'm talking in the offshore world, the gray area land, and yep. the books that take actually the biggest bets in the world. Um, and they sat at Buffalo one, then went back to pick, and then all of a sudden a couple of Nevada books started to open. And they opened two and a half. And when they opened two and a half, I said, well, that'll just drop to where pick is, because, hey, my line's right in between that. That's probably what they should use for now. But pick's a bad line either way. If he plays or not, pick's a bad line. The line ended up eventually going up to three, and then it went to three and a half, and it went to three and a half. I said, you know what? I've got to take the three and a half because I'm not. If, if he plays, I'm in a decent situation. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that far off, and I like Buffalo's defense. So I, I took three and a half in the game, thinking if Mahomes doesn't play, Buffalo's closing the favorite here. Kenny White, Kenny White Sports dot com is our guest. All right, let's do the NFC. It's Brady. Uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that is a juicy, juicy quarterback battle. How do you see this one? And Lambeau will have some fans. Uh, factor that into things. What? Uh, how do you see the NFC? Yeah, not a lot. I think Kansas City will have more fans than uh, Green yeah, Bay will too. allow. Kansas City, Kansas City had a nice crowd last weekend. Um, this is very interesting because, as I mentioned, I talked to several other really sharp handicappers. And, wow, right, right away out of the box, all three text me green bay green bay green bay you know everybody wants to jump on green bay and i told them all i made i made the game two and a half the number was four and all three guys sharp guys wanted to lay the four on green bay and i said well you know i'm not laying four there's no shot um i thought two and a half was was the right number on the game i made the total 55 uh it's come down now and you know i i i want to make a case for green bay because i i made a case for green bay last week against the Rams. And then that was more maybe Jared Goff had a bad thumb playing in that cold weather and Aaron um, Aaron Donald not 100%, but also make a case Aaron Rodgers at home over his career um, is now 62-35-4 and four ATS, 64% spread cover guy. So if you're going to – I like to have a number for everything. So 64%, I've got to almost add three points to that, maybe three and a half to four – for Green Bay, just because Aaron Rodgers covers. He doesn't just win at home. He covers at home. Um, and this guy's just amazing. But uh, Tom Brady's got a pretty good ATS record himself. Uh, he's over 60%. So it kind of that balances it out just a little bit. But a lot of those Tom, Tom Brady games were at home as well in Foxborough, not on the road. This would be uh, his first NFC championship game. Green Bay's, I think this is Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers' first time ever hosting mm-hmm. uh, an NFC championship game. So... 
I made the case kind of, you know, to push the numbers. I pushed it up to three, and that's where we're sitting. So I've got no play in the game, but I did, as I said, I made the total 55. Um, It's going to be cold. I don't believe there's going to be any wind. That's the key factor here. And those coils under that that, uh, turf at at Lambeau, keep that field warm for the players, and it's a nice playing field. We saw last week they put up 30 against the the Ram defense. I think they can put up 30 again against Tampa's defense with that. Uh, I don't like to give revenge for home teams. So over the years in all sports, I've, I've run the numbers. And revenge works better if you're an away team. Really? And you lost at your home field, and you're going to play on the other team's home field because several factors happen. You know, you beat that guy on their field, and you're thinking, well, we can beat them on our field if we beat them on their field. That When that starts to creep in, that overconfidence, that's not good. And, and the other factor is that team got beat at home. They're They're mad. They got beat at home, and they want to they want to get, get payback for that. So, um, Green Bay losing to Tampa, they lost on the road. Tom uh, Tom Brady had a good game. Aaron Rodgers had a poor game, but maybe that's the factor that Aaron Rodgers has revenge that he played poorly in that that day at Tampa. Uh, maybe that's the revenge factor in this game. That you know that's why you play Green Bay. Kenny, one final thing for me, and it's off the individual games and the like. But a couple of weeks ago here in our state. The rules opened up even more for sports wagering. People don't have to go to the casinos anymore. They can just sign up for an account on their phone, on their laptop, whatever it may be. And so we're getting a lot new betters here in our state. For those people, for people just getting started, what are a couple of the key points that you look at it for somebody that just wants to go out there, have a little fun, not going to lose a ton or, or win a ton, but just wants to get into sports wagering? What would you tell those newbies? Yeah, the the only way to win at sports is being very conservative. But there's three things. Obviously, you got to you have to do your homework, study, and, and or watch. You know, if you're a number cruncher, if you want to watch, that's fine. I, I've seen plenty of people that are able to use the eye test and win. Um, but the problem is, it's then it comes down to money management. And most of those players that I'm talking about, they end up losing because they're sitting in the same sports book. And they're betting against that same line every day. You have to have multiple outlets. So I, I suggest if you're in, in Iowa and you can get three apps, split your money up. If you have $500 to bet, go put 150 in two counts and 200 in a, in a third account, and then shop for the best yep. number and and manage your money. And that's and if you do that, and if you're really conservative, you don't overbet, you'll end up winning. You'll make money in the sport. People lose in the sport because they don't get the right number and they overbet in the wrong situations all the time. Great advice. Last thing for you. Have you been to the new Circus Sportsbook? It's, I, I can't wait to see it. What's it like in person? That's a good question. I have not been there. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I have taken this COVID-19 good for you. very serious. Good for you. I don't, I don't want to get – I've had pneumonia in my life and uh, – don't want that again. It was like the worst thing I've ever had having that for two weeks. And um, I've been uh, hunkered down at home and that's, I don't really go anywhere. Uh, I'll wait till this is over with and then I'll go down and take a look at it. But uh, I've heard it's gorgeous. A couple friends of mine went last week, wanted me to join them, but they said it was a, it's an amazing, amazing sports book. KennyWhiteSports.com. Check out the website. Will you have any Super Bowl specials? You can do some props or anything like that the, the week of the Super Bowl? Put those yeah, up. anybody that, that anybody that purchases my uh, my week of, uh, of football will get all all the props that I that I come out with for Super Bowl, and usually I've got about twenty to thirty five props in that range. Well, uh, if your schedule allows, we'll pick your brain that week if you don't okay. mind. Good, good to yep, talk to no you. No worries. I appreciate Kenny. You Thank it. you, Thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you, Kenny White. Kenny White Sports dot com. As good as there is. Yeah. 
about the college football half point was home field advantage for him this year? This is crazy, right? It is. Because there's still travel. You're still... Uh-huh. Not sleeping in your own bed. And you know the field. You know... And I wonder basketball. You know the gym. But it just... It does look mm-hmm. so different. But watching that Baylor game last night, though, just having the students back behind there, how impactful that felt just for me I, as a absolutely. fan. Absolutely. And it had to... Certainly for Baylor. Uh-huh. Just... Yeah, it's only... What? 1,500, 2,000, whatever the number was. But you, you could, you, it's impactful. You could see them. You could hear them. Yes. And, uh, it was great. To, you know, my takeaway from it was was the revenge factor. That's interesting, That's isn't it? really interesting. But it regardless makes sense because it does. For you and I, who we're very, we're novices. We're, we're not real deep into, though, as much as we enjoy the wagering. Yeah. We think, all right, I like the revenge angle here. But then when you crunch numbers, yes, revenge can be, but it has to be the right circumstances in order to hit that revenge. Mm-hmm. Things that, frankly, you and I probably would never this get This is do. what these guys do. Mm-hmm. These are the pros. You hear about yep. the pros, the sharps? We just had one on. We'll get one on Super Bowl week. Uh, look forward to speaking with uh, Kenny White. Good guy. Really good guy. Time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword... What's today? Tuesday? Dollar. Dollar to 200, 200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000. Dollar to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Our friend Zubin Mahente is next. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO and 106. KXNO. Trek Condon here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always have... Hi, Miller and Cotton at 1130 on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. COVID has been hard on many Iowans, and many Iowans now sadly must choose between food or utilities. In other words, heat or eat. Food insecurity has doubled since March of 2020, tripled for households with children. If you need help, if you can help, visit foodbankiowa.org, foodbankiowa.org. Dot org. All right, working on our friend Zubin Mahente. Hopefully we will uh, catch up with him and spend some time with him. I'm sure you saw on Twitter last night, and I'm looking forward to speaking with Cappy uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We, we do every week. We look forward to our conversation with Cappy. But there's a lot of folks in Chicago, pretty hot in the collar, uh, that the Cubs didn't do what they could uh, to bring John Lester back into the fold The um, as he's 
called by many the greatest free agent signing in the history of that organization, a guy that made it known that he wanted to end his career as a member of the Cubs, uh, who was seven wins away from um, a milestone 200 wins. He wanted to do that while wearing a Cub uniform. And it only was going to cost, we say only, keeping that in mind, 4 to $5 million, uh, which is what he signed with the Nationals for. A lot of folks, a lot of Cubs fans, Trent, really hot under the collar uh, that this didn't uh, that this didn't happen as they should be right I think I this is one where this goes a lot deeper than we're looking to rebuild they don't have money nope. the ownership group does not have money nope. if they can't afford four or five million dollars think John about Lester. who we're talking about here. yes this and, is TD America right yeah right this is an Oof. icon of your organization. This is a guy that brought yep. a world championship for the first time in 108 years, and a huge part of that, and changing the culture That's it. inside of that clubhouse, right. a huge part of that, and you can't afford 4 $5 million? I know it. And they don't have a five-starter. It's Hendricks Davies, who they got in a trade yep. with, uh, with Darvish. Alec Mills, who mm-hmm. had a couple of moments last year. The no-hitter. Uh, well, that was one of them. <laughs> and Adbert Alcile, who... May may or may not work out. Uh, Tyler Chatwood's a Blue Jay. He Which, signed yesterday. When I saw that, yeah, I news, thought you. I knew you were going to say. Oh, that too. I was smiling <laughs> ear to ear. Ken's guy now on his team. I know. <laughs> well, look at he had his moments. Like well, this is what you get with Chatwood. Every third start, he strikes out ten. Mm-hmm. And then the next the two start, in between. He gets, the next he doesn't get out of the second inning. Right. And then the next one he doesn't get out of the fourth inning. Then he strikes out ten again. Um, but just the the whole, what they have done to that organization, I get it, sports change and everything, and your guys aren't always going to be there. But this guy wanted to be there. He wanted to retire a Cub. He wanted the last jersey he ever put on to, to be a Cub. I get it. The guy doesn't always get the girl here in the real world. Uh, but that was one that should have came together. Isn't it just time for a complete teardown? Well, I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. I really do. I think that's exactly what the Cubs are doing. Buckle up, Cub fans. I mean, the buzz in baseball, you know where it's going to be. It's going to be a guaranteed rate field because they're putting together something over on the south side, uh, which is um, at least least there's going to be a team of significance in the city of Chicago. Not that I don't think a lot of people root for both teams. Maybe they do. I don't know. Zuba Mahente is with us from ESPN Radio, where he does mornings with Jay Will and Keystone, uh, Keystone, Keyshawn Johnson. Hello, Zuba Mahente. How are you? He is old. I don't know if he's in the Stone Age, but uh, he is rather old. Um, Big story with the Mets this morning. Yes. Getting ready for exactly what's going on with Patrick Mahomes. It's an amazing week. No, it really is. The... uh... And the fact that, look, Steve Cohen, who just bought the Mets, uh, he did not wait at all. He woke up this morning and made it clear uh, that there's no place for that in his organization. Uh, baseball is saying there's no place for this in baseball. Everybody else is saying there's no place for this anywhere. Uh, and we're glad that um, uh, that we're at that point. Yeah, the Patrick Mahomes uh, story, uh, Zubin, how much detail have you been able to get into it? Have you spoken with anybody like a you know a concussion doc or whatever. What's the consensus among all the resources you guys have at ESPN as far as the likelihood of Mahomes being okay uh, in time for Sunday's game? You know, uh, we had uh, Stefania Bell on. She's our injury expert. She also does a lot of fantasy work. But anytime somebody gets injured, she's kind of the first call we make. 
And she was just taking us through the whole process of the independent neurological consultant, the person that's not affiliated with either team. Obviously, even though Mahomes is in the concussion protocol, there seems to be some level of question of whether he actually had a concussion, which is a little strange considering the concussion protocol. But even though they're keeping that close to the vest, um, she really seemed to want to just hammer home the notion of how difficult it's going to be. Not difficult for State, but get him back onto the field because it's not the team doctor making the call anymore. It's that INC, the independent neurological consultant. And we were looking back to you guys might remember this game. This happened to the Chiefs in a different sort of way. Back in that crazy wildcard game they had against the Colts in January of like 14th, after the 2013 season, it was this unreal rally by Andrew Luck and the Colts to win the game. But early in that playoff game, Jamal Charles, who was an all-world at the mm-hmm. time, yep. um, left during the first offensive series had a concussion, did not return. And all this was sort of creeping up right when the concussion lawsuits were really creeping up and all this stuff was being said. So it's an interesting little situation. Uh, Charles did not return to that particular game. Chiefs blew a huge lead. And we'll see what happens with Mahomes. But she just wanted to mention more than anything that if you see the words INC uh, on your phone this week in a story, independent neurological consultant, something the league is really taking seriously. Double NFL story, incredibly intriguing. Deshaun Watson, what's happened mm. in Houston, and that marriage can it be reconciled? Can can they come back together? The hiring of the new head coach, what happened with Bill O'Brien, on and on and on. The Jets have been linked. The Bears are trying to link themselves. At least some fans are. I don't think the Bears have enough here. We've heard a lot of different teams out there. Your thoughts on Deshaun Watson, and is this something where he's going to be on the move this off season? It certainly seems like that. Um, we had a, that as our poll question yesterday, and I think the answer, Dolphins led. Obviously, they have capital. They have Tua that they could send back. The Texans are starved. They don't have any draft capital, and that's really hurt them moving forward. So much of it was given up in the DeAndre Hopkins deal. So much was given up for Laramie Tunsil. Um, the Jets finished second. Adam Schefter did say that he feels they are the front runners. Obviously, they would have Sam Darnold and draft capital. Um and the Bears were third, actually, in our survey. We had a couple of our guys come on the other day and say, essentially, if you're not Seattle, Green Bay, Tampa, Buffalo, um, and a handful of other teams, uh, you should absolutely be putting in a call for Deshaun Watson. I think Dan Orlovsky was saying when he joins, he joins every Monday, he put it at like 25 Oh, I, I think I should throw Kansas City into that mix, too, by the way. They basically said if it wasn't for maybe those seven teams where you have an absolute stud or somebody like Joe Burrow that you don't want to give up on quite right. yet, he thinks that 25 teams hmm. would be inquiring about Deshaun Watson. The guy is locked up. He's got money. You know exactly what you're going to have to pay for the next four years. Um, he's 25 years old. And I know, finally, the Chiefs did, um, you know, uh, look at the situation and say, for American enemy standpoint, everybody except Houston had requested an interview. I know that the Texans finally reached out on January 12th. I know that made them really upset that they didn't look at the enemy uh, and they didn't look at a couple of other guys, Robert Sala. But uh, our guys seem to think that if you're one of 25 teams, you should reach out about Deshaun Watson. And our listeners thought that uh, Miami would be the best landing spot with the Jets close second and the Bears third. Uh, Zubin, television-wise, who do you think that uh, CBS has the Super Bowl, right? I believe they do. Um, yep. So 
Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to bring a ton of eyeballs. The Bills are a nice story, but it's a small market. Um, but what about the NFC, Zubin? Who do you think that, you know, they're not going to come out and say we're rooting for the Buccaneers because of Brady or the Packers because of Rodgers? Of, of the two NFC teams, is there a difference between who represents the NFC as far as a buzz for this game? Is Packers seemingly are a, you know, a public team. I don't think Tampa is that, quote, public team. Who do you think they want? I would say Tampa. I do believe at this particular stage, any of the four teams, a combination of two could be in the Super Bowl, and I don't think it would really affect its rating. I think you're at $100 million plus, no matter what. Um, this year has been a little strange. You know, Sunday Night Football, the biggest show on TV for the last decade, was down 16%. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's notable. I mean, that's the most watched show. They try to match up with the best games, uh, and it has actually struggled a little bit. Most of the packages are not particularly great with regards to ratings this year, but I think that's the case with sports as a whole, I think the Bucks are the easy choice here just because of the Tom Brady factor. And also, obviously, the Bucks trying to be the first team in 55 years to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. And I think that would push it over the edge a little bit. That would be a story we haven't seen before. I think that would be kind of neat for the quote-unquote sports fans that really care about something like that. I think all of us do because of the unprecedented nature of it. Um, but I do think just Brady overwhelmingly over the four quarterbacks. I mean, our, you know, you know, it's funny. Our research tells us that as great as Mahomes is, as amazing as Patrick Mahomes is, he still has not broken through with some of the casual fans. Really? Even yes, yes. Right now, we basically we we look at it right now as Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers can get into that mix. But even guys like, for example, some of our numbers tell us that Tyler Murray also fits into that discussion. Now, Murray is different than Mahomes. Obviously, Mahomes got the championship. He's got, you know, the head and shoulders ads, the prolific nature of what he does, everything that goes into Patrick Mahomes. So I'm not surprised. But even a guy like Tyler Murray, who I thought was would be really, really well-known just because of his stature, the Hail Mary, the two sports, um, the number one overall pick, even he is not really approaching that sort of like, oh, yeah, duh, that's who that guy is, stature. And believe it or not, some of our research says not even right now. I mean, I don't know what more he would have to do, maybe winning <laughs> two Super Bowls in two years as opposed to, uh, you know, having the franchise wait 50 years between championships. Maybe that would put Mahomes over the edge. But I'm talking about, like, the casual fan, right? I mean, us, all, all of us are different that are just living and dying and avid sports fans. I really thought Mahomes would have crossed that threshold at this point, but our research says it's a very, very, very small group. LeBron's in there, and, you know, uh, Tom Brady is in there, and Tiger Woods is in there. Um, but we still have not snuck Mahomes into that category. Not that he's well-known. Maybe just those three guys are so well-known that uh, you don't even have to be a sports fan to recognize those three guys. In fact, some of those guys, you know, like Tiger, go by one name. Be nice. Zubin, you go by one name, <laughs> yes, right? he does. Does with us? Yes, no one doubt. Letter. One letter. <laughs> one letter. ESPN Zuba So, uh, speaking of your network, ESPN last night, Big Monday officially got started. Though there's been plenty of Monday college basketball games, and Baylor. It's the question that Ken began the show with today. That gap is there a gap between Gonzaga and Baylor? How close is it? And it feels like there's a top two in everybody else in college basketball. Do you see it that way? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say a couple things. I mean, to me, I think it's Gonzaga-Baylor and then like a drop-off cliff. That's yeah, me too. That's my opinion. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. And I actually, yesterday, especially after the last week Baylor has had, I was actually willing to put Gonzaga a considerable distance ahead of Baylor. But now I really 
can't do that. I kind of feel they're close. Obviously, they could have played earlier in the season. That would have been great. But, you know, maybe we'll wait to see them down the line. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say I would say is, you know, one thing that's been underrated is people have talked about how loaded Gonzaga is. You know, could Nemhard start for every team in the country not name right. Gonzaga? The impact of subs. All that stuff has been there. Tisford and Kimmy. Um, but to me, I think one of the biggest stories that's not discussed is, you know, last year, um, the NBA deadline to declare was much later in the season because of the pandemic. Obviously, the draft wasn't held in June. It was held way later. And so I believe the date to declare was the 2nd of August, which obviously in previous years would be well after the draft was actually held. And so in that extra time, Macy Oteague was the first guy. I want to say maybe like on the 29th, like real close to the 2nd, Macy Oteague said, I'm coming back. And then right around the deadline, so did Jared Butler. And both of those guys could have dipped their toe in. They could have stayed in there. I don't know what their stock said, probably said go back to school. doesn't mean they wouldn't have been selected. But I think that was interesting. The clock moved, the calendar shifted on when they would have to determine when they wanted to come back. Both of them took until the very last second or up until it. And one came back, the other came back. And I think that's part of the reason uh, they're the clear-cut number two team in the country. In an ordinary year, I don't know. What if there was an NCAA tournament last year and Baylor made a really deep run Won it, got really close, and those two guys said, you know what, our stock is as high as it's ever going to be. It's time to go pro and take advantage of it. You see it all the time with, like, DiVincenzo, Archie Diacono, mm-hmm. uh, that kid, uh, remember that kid Malachi Richardson from Syracuse? Like, sometimes you just have an amazing tournament, and obviously there was no tournament. So these guys could have came back. They did, and maybe they came back to win a championship. I think it's underrated. But I think that's a really big story surrounding Baylor. Uh, Zubin, I think a really big story to watch, and I'm anxious to to hear what you're hearing inside uh, ESPN with some of the, the college basketball minds that you speak with. I mean, Fran McCaffrey here last week, he was preaching flexibility, right? That we have to be flexible. Uh, are these are the conference tournaments the right idea this year in a pandemic when everybody is focusing on the tournament, the tournament that takes place the week after them, and it's so important financially that it happens happens this year after being shelved in 2020. What are you hearing, Zubin? Is there, uh, is there talk that, you know what, even if it's May madness or April madness, uh, is that starting to, um, that, that chatter, if you will, starting to grow louder? It is just because it's just one of those things where I think I saw a story today, and again, not that they would take this into account, but today there was a very reputable poll that said only one in ten Americans think the coronavirus is under control. And think about that. I mean, now we're coming up upon one year, if you want to call it 10 months from March when the sports world stops, yet 9 out of 10 Americans, only 1 in 10, believes all this is under control. Obviously, uh, you know, that's a survey, and those people aren't intimately involved in putting this particular tournament on, but I do think it means something. I also think moving the Big Ten tournament the way that they did could be a little bit of a dry run to sort of figure out, all right, um, let's see if the Big Ten can move to Indy, what they can do, how it turns out, how it works, and then we'll try to extrapolate that to try to take into account 68 teams, 67 games over three weeks. Can it work? Um, it's also obviously, you know, it doesn't need to be said, Champ Week is a huge thing for ESPN, oh, right? I mean, it's an huge. absolutely huge thing. I mean, let's be honest. Like, it's not, I mean, we kind of like dubbed it Champ Week. It's just, it's just a week full of games, and we decided to call it. You know, CBS doesn't call it Champ Week. Nobody else calls it Champ Week. <laughs> but we do because we're so invested in all of these leagues, and the Big Sky Championships, or something as small as that, all the way to the ACC or, you know, the SEC on that final Sunday. So I think there's been a little bit of chatter, but just, just because the country as a whole really doesn't seem to be in a much different place than where we were 
as identified by Americans in a poll. But I do think moving that Big Ten is a little bit of a harbinger, a little bit of a primer. Let's see how this goes. And if we can pull this thing off, maybe it'll be an indication that we can get the big thing done. Zubin, last thing for you, uh, just regarding you and your schedule. Normally, um, you guys would be at the site of the Super Bowl next week. This, In this case, Tampa Bay, with all the stuff that goes surrounds the Super Bowl and all the fan events, etc. The Radio Row is a spectacular place to be, not only for people in our business, but for people, you know, fans that want to come in and take uh, play some of the interactive stuff. Uh, it, it's a must-stop if you're in that Super Bowl city. In the pandemic, will you guys even leave your studio? Will you be on-site in Tampa next week? We were hoping to be. My boss came up to me and said, would you travel? And I said, absolutely, I would travel. Now, again, I'm single. I don't have any kids. Easy for me to sort of stay away from people and just sort of be socially distant. But the Walt Disney Corporation came in and put the kibosh on the whole thing. They were mm-hmm. just giving us some opportunities uh, to say, would you want to do it? I was an enthusiastic yes. You know, I've been careful. Um, but the company has essentially said there will be absolutely no travel. Mm-hmm. I can't stick to this because obviously the vaccine if the rollout goes a little bit smoother than it has been. We could travel later in the year, but they did sort of unofficially tell us it looks like for us, for first take, for a lot of these programs that travel for big assignments, that we wouldn't travel at all in 2021. Now, things could be a little bit different. The reason I bring it up, you guys probably know this, it's a little inside baseball, but I know you guys like talking industry. Listen, as you guys know, um, the sports talk radio field has been affected by the pandemic as much as any individual sports entity. Sports Talk Radio is down 37% overall. I can't really give you the number, but I would tell you ESPN is off worse than that. So um, 37%. um, You know, uh, like something like NPR, National Public Radio, that has actually not been affected in some ways. That's what people turn to at a time like this. So they haven't been adversely affected. I'm not saying all media entities are, but uh, Sports Talk Radio in general is down 37%, and they were saying it the old-fashioned way. You guys did remotes for millions of years, done a million remotes. The biggest and best way to get back in touch with those listeners, the people that tune in every morning, is to go meet them in person. So the unofficial plan is even if we don't travel in 2021, uh, the minute that we're allowed to travel that Disney says it's all right, we're probably going to be on the road not for just these big events, but a lot more events to get to the biggest market and to connect one-on-one with our listeners. Um, because right now the industry is in a really bad place, and in any in any fashion, the best thing to do to connect with anyone is to meet with them one on one. Maybe when we shake hands again, if that ever happens, you know, <laughs> to look somebody in the eye and do yeah. that. So. That's something we're looking forward to doing, but probably not at least for another calendar. Interesting info. Did not know that uh, statistically uh, Sports Talk Radio is down that much. Subin, great stuff as always. We will uh, talk to you next Tuesday, and you'll be at the home base. So we um, we look forward to it. Thank you, pal. Good to speak with you. Have a great week, Subin. You too. Thanks. Thank you, Zubin Mahente. Did you know that? No. Hasn't affected us here. Thankfully. It hasn't affected. I mean, that's, that's really good news. Uh, for the nationally to be down that much, look. A lot of people are listening to this radio station. We're very grateful for that, and that's as close as we can go to get without getting in trouble. Right. We were talking about it before the show today, right. and you know those numbers in comparison to the past. Wow, thirty-seven percent down nationally as a format. Out of KXNO. Uh, we'll come back and finish things up. Fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three FM. On January 1st, KXNO turned 20 years old. One more and we can drink. 
Thanks for making us Des Moines Sports Station. This is 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. Competitors, base models compared. The return we have all been waiting for is finally here. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. Be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, for a shot to turn $1 into $257. That's right, new users can bet $1 on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round, and if he does, you'll be cashing $257. Bet a little, win a lot. Let's not forget about football. It's in the midst of their playoffs, so head to the app to check out the great playoff promotions. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code KXNO for new users for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one on the FM dial. Heat or eat? No one should have to choose between keeping their home warm or putting food on the table. That's why Food Bank of Iowa is working to provide meals for Iowa neighbors struggling uh, to make ends meet. If you can help or if you need help uh, putting food on your table, visit foodbankiowa.org, foodbankiowa.org. All right, our final minute or so of the program here. A couple of good Big Ten games tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Purdue at Ohio State and then Penn State. Not very good, uh, but Illinois. Uh, 5.30 and 7.30, respectively. You mentioned earlier, Villanova gets back on the floor tonight. They'll host Seton Hall. Uh, do you like a game betting-wise more than the others? I have another Big Ten game that I'll be playing this Maryland, evening. Maryland, Michigan? Yeah, Wolverine's coming off that hideous loss. Robin's getting beat up. And, and he did. Maryland Robin's beating him has up. played well on the road. Grab the 11 points. It feels like a lot. I'm going to grab the 11, take okay. the Terrapins Taking the on the road out at Ann Arbor. So the so BTN has the Ohio State home game. Michigan is on FS1, and then Illinois is on BTN later. Pretty good um, night of hoops. It is good night of hoops. It'll be fun. We will speak with you tomorrow. We are man the 10 to noon slot on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. More local programming coming your way later on today. 2 o'clock, more Fanandi. Fanatics at 4. Cyclone uh, radio show tonight at 6. Of course, tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. is the morning rush. Thanks for being here. 1460 and 106.3.